Welcome to First Formation, a weekday podcast for high church lowlifes like me, Logan Isaac, looking to get the fuck up and pray. This is where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hearty folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. A podcast for anyone who cares for soldiers and veterans enough to follow us into the mud and the suck, to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 38 O Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger or discipline me in your wrath. For your arrows have sunk into me and your hand has come down on me. There is no soundness in my flesh because of your indignation. There is no health in my bones because of my sin. For my iniquities have gone over my head. They weigh like a burden too heavy on me. My wounds grow foul and fester because of my foolishness. I am utterly bowed down and prostrate. All day long I go around mourning. For my loins are filled with burning, and there is no soundness in my flesh. I am utterly spent and crushed. I groan because of the tumult of my heart. O Lord, all my longing is to know you. My sighing is not hidden from you. My heart throbs, my strength fails me. As for the light of my eyes, it also has gone from me. My friends and companions stand aloof from my affliction, and my neighbors stand far off. Those who seek my life lay their snares. Those who seek to hurt me speak of ruin, and meditate treachery all day long. But I am the deaf, I do not hear. I am like the mute who cannot speak. Truly I am like one who does not hear, and in whose mouth is no retort. But it is for you, O Lord, that I wait. It is to you, it is you, O Lord, my God, who will answer. For I pray, only do not let them rejoice over me, those who boast against me when my foot slips. For I am ready to fall, and my pain is ever with me. I confess my iniquity, I am sorry for my sin. Those who are my foes without cause are mighty, and many are those who hate me wrongfully. Those who render me evil for good are my adversaries, because I follow after good. Do not forsake me, O Lord. O my God, do not be far from me. Make haste to help me. O Lord, my salvation. Genesis chapter 33, verses 1 through 17. Now Jacob looked up and saw Esau coming, and four hundred men with him. So he divided the children among Leah and Rachel and the two maids. He put the maids with their children in front, then Leah with her children and Rachel and Joseph last of all. He let himself on, he himself went on ahead of them bowing himself to the ground seven times until he came near his brother. But Esau ran to meet him and embraced him and fell on his neck and kissed him, and they wept. When Esau looked up and saw the women and children, he said, Who are these with you? Jacob said, The children whom God has graciously given your servant. Then the maids drew near, and they and their children and bowed down. Leah likewise and her children drew near and bowed down, and finally Joseph and Rachel drew near, and they bowed down. Esau said, What do you mean by all this company that I met? Jacob answered, To find favor with my Lord. But Esau said, I have enough, my brother. Keep what you have for yourself. Jacob said, No, please, if I find favor with you, then accept my present from my hand, for truly to see your face is like seeing the face of God, since you have received me of such favor. Please accept my gift that is brought to you, because God has dealt graciously with me, and because I have everything I want. So he urged him, and he took it. Then Esau said, 
Let us journey on our way, and I'll go alongside you. But Jacob said to him, My Lord knows that the children are frail, and that the flocks and herds which are nursing are a care to me. And if they are overdriven for one day, all the flocks will die. Let my Lord pass on ahead of his servants, and I will lead on slowly, according to the pace of my cattle that are before me, and according to the pace of the children, until I come to my Lord and Sayer. So Esau said, Let me leave with you some of the people who are with me. But he said, Why should my Lord be so kind to me? So Esau returned that day on his way to Seir. But Jacob journeyed to Succoth and built himself a house and made booths for his cattle. Therefore the place is called Succoth. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 2 through 16. I commend you because you remember me in everything and maintain the traditions just as I handed them to you. But I wanted you I want you to understand that Christ is the head of every man and the husband is the head of the wife and God is the head of Christ. Any man who prays or prophesies with something on his head disgraces his head. But any woman who prays or prophesies with her head unveiled disgraces her head. It is one and the same thing as having her head shaved. For if a woman will not veil herself, then she should cut off her hair. But if it is disgraceful for a woman to have her hair cut off or to be shaved, she should wear a veil. For a man ought not to have his head veiled, since he is the image and reflection of God, but woman is the reflection of man. Indeed, man was not made from woman, but woman from man. Neither was man created for the sake of woman, but woman for the sake of man. For this reason, a woman ought to have a symbol of authority on her head because of the angels. Nevertheless, in the Lord, woman is not independent of man, or man independent of woman. For just as woman came from man, so man comes through woman. But all things come from God. Judge for yourselves. Is it proper for a woman to pray to God with her head unveiled? Does not nature itself teach you that if a man wears long hair, it is degrading to him? But if a woman has long hair, it is her glory. For her hair is given to her for a covering. But if anyone is disposed to be contentious, we have no such custom, nor do the churches of God. I was really tempted to do the whole reflection based on <laughs> this one line from the psalm verse 7 for my loins are filled with burning and there's no soundness in my flesh <laughs> and I was tempted to do that because of the the grunt mentality and you know the barracks kind of humor and just doing something on um, sexually transmitted infections or something and doing a prayer or some kind of reflection from some of these old world war one uh uh, prayer books or poetry um, collections, um, but then we got to First Corinthians and the whole head coverings thing. And I thought, you know, I kind of got to say something about that just because it's kind of interesting. Um, last week there was another really, really interesting. Was it last week? Um, there's another passage um, that just kind of gets really weird with, um, like Paul is writing, and then he says, you know. Um, women have to be silent in church, which seems to kind of depart from, you know, the rest of the passage. It's not very long. It's not like it's rambling. Um, and if, I don't know, I'm sure listeners have caught on by now that I'm probably more progressive theologically. Um, but it is important, or it has been important to me as I uh, was growing up in the faith, um, coming out of the military and taking uh, college classes and um, 
you know, just being a recent convert and also trying to engage with my mind. One thing that I remember really clearly is um, reading C.S. Lewis about, uh, he wrote something, uh, an essay or a lecture called The Weight of Glory. And in it, he reflects on why this war, World War II, was important and justified. And I remember just disagreeing with him. And I had such a high view of C.S. Lewis, and yet I found myself quite comfortably saying, you know, I, I'm, I'm just not, I'm not convinced by this argument. Um, and not losing any esteem in my eyes for his writing. I continue to read his stuff. Um, and likewise for scripture, I think um, when I was really young, I think if I had had doubts about certain areas of scripture or concepts in scripture or even like a handful of verses that are just like, nope, um, I think I would have felt endangered or something or insecure. Um, but after three years of formal theological training, um, it, this, it's just a luxury you don't have because you have to pick apart everything. And if, if picking that apart picks apart your faith, then, you know, what ground did your faith rest on before? Um, and I don't mean that in any way derogatorily, um, but there, I, I, I came to a point where I had to be willing to allow myself to question even areas of scripture that seemed just kind of out of sync with the rest. Um, and as a, as a service member, some of those were, you know, Ephesians 6 and the armor of God and Romans 13 and, you know, how it gets spun up and it's literally like one or two verses and, you know, we're supposed to just believe that the, the governing authorities aren't to be questioned or something like some of that i I feel very strongly is misinterpretation. And some of it, like 1 Corinthians, I think is, um, it's not interpretation. I think it's just an editorial decision that were made uh, by these communities trying to make sense of this, you know, centuries, millennia old tradition that in Christ and in the work of Paul are being broken open into this large non-Jewish world. And I say all that, and particularly in 1 Corinthians, coming from uh, uh, living in an orthodox neighborhood uh, in Baltimore. So we get a lot of, on one street we have a bunch of black neighbors, and another street we have a bunch of orthodox Jewish neighbors. And um, the head covering things, um, I, I don't know, I, I think to myself like, I don't know. It's So I see women who do adhere to this. And the, the, the passage that was selected by the RCL today begins with mention of the traditions just as they were handed on to you. And tradition is a conversation carried out over time. And a lot of Gentiles, this is the, the issue in Acts, in an uh, event known as the Jerusalem Council, where the question was, do new non-Jewish converts have to be circumcised. And the answer that the early church came up with, Peter, Paul, the other apostles, was no. And so all these older forms of religious identity and expression were seen in a different light, a new light that, look, if you weren't born into this, and even if you were, but if you weren't born into this, these are not compulsory. And it be, 1 Corinthians, or at least this passage, begins with this mention of these traditions that have been handed down. Now, whether or not the, the church in Corinth was um, Jewish or, or Gentile, 
I don't know. I'm sure I could find out if I skipped over to Google and looked up all my old, you know, um, Bible commentaries. I just don't remember. Um, but these are the traditions. And some of these women and men in my neighborhood here in Baltimore wear head coverings some uh, every day, either the, the kippah or the yarmulke, depending on whether it's Yiddish or um, Hebrew. Um, and then the these really fancy, I don't know, headdresses on Sabbath. Uh, many men wear them. Um, and so on the one hand, wearing wearing something on your head is not necess- is not a, a, a symbol of lower social status. In fact, women should have this symbol of authority on their head because of the angels. And even um, cardinals and bishops in the Catholic Church wear head coverings, I think, almost constantly. Um, but the uh, the it, it's tempting to take this as instructive as women should not hold authority over men, or that you know. Uh, women have some kind of compulsory expressive things and men don't. I mean, don't even get me started on circumcision. It's outwardly expressed, but it's a private thing anyway. Um, but there's this one line in here that also is acts as a reminder of this kind of egalitarian instinct, even in Paul, um, that I think is even stronger in um, the rest of the Bible, including the Hebrew scriptures. But he says... Um, just as, uh, or, or it's not that, um, that it's, uh, an either or, um, but that, uh, the Lord, uh, in the Lord, when w- the woman is not independent of man or man independent of woman for just as woman came from man. And this is the whole basis of Paul's argument that women should not hold authority and they should wear a head covering just as women uh, woman came from man, Eve from Adam. So man comes through a woman, um, and all things come from God. And so it's this kind of seemingly one-liner that look, don't get a big head about this, men. Um, don't forget that everybody comes from a woman, even if a woman comes from man. The original woman, Eve, comes from man. Um, that this um, metaphorical or narrative reality that we. Uh, uh, confess that Eve sprang from the rib of Adam, even if that's true, don't forget every single other person has come from a woman. So you're no better than anybody else. And I think there's, that doesn't undermine the rest of what Paul is saying. I think we have to wrestle with these texts and think about them in light of their historical context and how they're speaking to us today. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, as a podcast dedicated to are focusing on military service and armed faith, or military service and, and Christian faith. Um, you know, if you're in the military, it doesn't matter. You better wear your head covering anytime you're outside. Men, women, doesn't matter. Um, there's this fun, uh, this meme that I uh, uh, reshared. It's actually <laughs> surprisingly popular. There's a sign of a white guy and a black guy, and the white guy, they each have signs saying, is my life worth more than his and or less than his, the white guy that had and pointed to the black guy saying more and less than that. And then just below it is the scene from Full Metal Jacket where um, Gunny, who recently died, I think late last year, um, I don't even remember his real name, but I know everybody, every, he, he's just referred to as Gunny. 
Full Metal Jacket. He says, he's walking through the bay, and it's just a still, and it says, everybody is equally worthless. Um, so there's this fun thing that the military helps us see that, um, that yeah, you know, at the end of the day, are you really so much better uh, than the man or the woman next to you? Thanksgiving for the diversity of races and cultures from the Book of Common Prayer. O God, who created all people in your image, we thank you for the wonderful diversity of races and cultures in this world. Enrich our lives by ever-widening circles of fellowship, and show us your presence in those who differ most from us, until our knowledge of your love is made perfect in our love for all your children. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling into Pew Pew HQ's first formation, where we share morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, I hope you'll consider participating in one of the three following ways. First, you can support this podcast with a monthly contribution at anchor.fm firstformation. You can sponsor morning prayer for Pew Pew people with as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host yourself by recording a lectionary reading and sending it to me to be included in a weekday episode of your choosing. Instructions for co-hosts can be found in earlier episodes, and you don't have to be a grunt to participate in First Formation in this or any way. Finally, and maybe most importantly, you can send me your prayer requests of a minute or less with a voice message feature on Anchor's iOS or Android apps. Prayers may be added to a morning prayer episode, aired anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in morning prayers for Pew Pew people. I hope you will continue to listen in and maybe even consider participating yourself. This has been and always will be Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.